like I love so I love period dramas. I love the classics. I would think that I would love Wuthering Heights. Every time I try to read it or every time I watch it, it is just excruciatingly painful. Like it is just such a study in unhappiness that I'm just mm-hmm. like I can't. There's no like yeah. hope. There's no positivity here. It's just about generational like abuse and sadness. Like, yeah, it is, and it's inherited like mm. down the generations. Mm. But yeah, you never jumped on like from very young. The first time, how old were you the first time you read it? You read it to me. The whole thing. No, no. You probably said, "Mum, stop." I said, "I don't like this. Can we read something happy before we bed? Read I'm dreaming family. of witches. <laughs> stop it, other animals." <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, like you never got on the. This is the most romantic love story in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I wonder if it's because of just like maybe. I don't, even though I loved all those like YA, you know, romance books or whatever, like, and they've all got a tinge of tragedy. I don't see tragedy as like the best romance. No, it's not. But I think a lot of teenage girls can do, and I think that's what kind of Wuthering Heights is. It's about the tragedy of it. It's about the obsession of it. It's not tragedy. Mm. I don't think Wuthering Heights is a tragedy. Like I think tragedy... Right. that um, it, it could have been, it should have been, but it wasn't. But I think it's more about a s- obsession and even though it's not really over in the text, there's a mm. real undercurrent of, you know, this is illicit. This is, mm. It's, it's kind of – But it's sexual. It's more like a – It's almost got a tinge of like incestuousness to it mm. in that, in that – like – like illicit this is very wrong and not good for them but there's that continual like drawing you know yeah definitely definitely but I think that sort of incest I don't I don't really see it as that because well they're not they're not I'm not saying it 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 is at that or even if there was that intention at all by Bronte it's more just like I think sometimes that like very taboo relationship can be like like presented as if mm. it's being presented in a romantic context. Yeah, it's often that like very obsessive, isn't right, isn't good, isn't normal, isn't and yet it's destructive often yeah. for the people or for the family or like you know whatever's going on. Uh, but there's like no escape from it, and I feel like mm. both of them try and escape from whatever this obsession is mm. with each other but they can't kind of thing mm. but it's not making them happy it's not a happy situation I'm wondering that's making me think I wonder whether there was any I wonder whether it isn't a bit of an allegory that's what I that's what I've always because, thought because oh really yeah because she herself I don't think had any relationships Her, oh really the Bronte I don't, didn't I don't think any of them did mm, maybe, maybe Branwell when he went off and got drunk and like he would have, but I'm wondering whether Heathcliff was Bramwell character. Mm, I've never thought of that because she could not have written a, a, a you know, like a realistic mm. novel about that sort of stuff if it is incesty stuff. Or even just that real obsession, you know what I mean? And it's interesting because it's like obsession without desire, which is interesting. Mm, yeah. Which is odd. It's not to me that's yeah. not romantic because no. often those two things 
go hand in hand. Yeah. And you're right, it's not a romantic no. book in that way. No, and there's no – I mean, I, th- I think some people think that when he goes he – d- that he goes and digs up her uh, body and has sex with her. There are some that, – Oh, really? Of, yeah, <laughs> some people do think that. Interesting. And they think that they can – One school of thought. In the text, <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. But I, I don't think so, yeah. I think it is about – two people who bond in childhood mm. they've got a cruel father so maybe it's like the bonds of of trauma and yeah. that kind of yeah how bonding that is right yeah they've got mm. this cruel father they're unprotected their mother's dead they've got nelly the housekeeper mm. but she has very little power so she's yeah. very very present in terms of the story but she has no power in servants were family members she has no power but Catherine has, mm. you know, ambitions. She is kind of outward looking. It's interesting because it, yeah, I guess maybe it's also then about, you know, how, yeah, people can be in your life and you can be so bonded from shared history, from shared trauma. Mm. Then I think people often get stuck, particularly when they don't have strong families or good families being like, well, these are the only people that know me, know my history, that we've got that shared link. Mm. But those people, it doesn't necessarily make them also good people to have in your life. Just because they've experienced the same shit doesn't mean that they're going to be a a positive in your life. I think often, you know, that's more of a negative. It's like then I think it's so much harder for people in that situation to like let go of those people because then they truly have no one, you know. Yeah, um, and I mean, she wanted she wanted to have her cake and eat it too. So you mm, know, there's that moment where he's listening. Yeah, he says to Nelly, I could never marry Heathcliff. I have read it, and he runs away, <laughs> and he doesn't hear the next bit, which is, but he is my everything. I yeah, him. yeah, I can't yeah. live without him. You know, so in some ways, you know, maybe she was. I, I need to get out of here. I can't do it with Heathcliff. Um, and he's taken off anyway, but he sort of goes, she goes, she marries Edgar Linton, she sort of sets up there. And then Heathcliff comes back and she, she's she got herself in a situation where she will be married and she will have that, but she will also have Heathcliff as well. And I don't see it as a sexual thing at all. I think it's a really strong love. It's a dark love, but it's just there's so much compulsion for them to be together. But it just can't, that can't, it can't happen. It couldn't happen then and it can't happen now really. I mean, if you're with someone else, I mean, yeah, there's polyamory. But I almost see it as like her wanting to, you know, I've got my family, I've got this person, I'm never going to love him like I love Heathcliff. But Heathcliff can't be my husband. He can't be my, we can't set up together. Also, I think, like I think so much of, what their bond was, was in childhood. And when they are together, it's like they are their child selves together. And that is in some ways their truest selves together. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't fit into whatever aspirations she had, yeah, for marriage, a life, Mm. a family. And I think one of the more surface readings is, okay, it was very materialistic. She wanted to Mm. marry Edgar because he had all of that beautiful stuff and she wanted to escape. And I think that was definitely an element of it. Mm. But I think more than anything else, it's just like, (laughs) she couldn't grow if she was with Heathcliff. She couldn't be an adult. She couldn't do no. those adult things with Heathcliff because they are together 
I think that their children selves and like it just it wouldn't be even remotely functional and so it's better to choose the person that you might not love but who you're gonna as a person be kind of I guess independent from than to enter into something that would be just like so intense that it would it would consume like it was already consuming her life and she wasn't even with him exactly and that's that's the sort of they're the choices that we Mm. are still making today like you know Mm. who's more suitable who's going to um, settle and derange me even you know or who's going to let me grow and be a a balanced peaceful yes yes yeah peace and I think the more I the older I get and you know it's that classic you know love or passion or whatever but I will say obsession obsession is not peaceful obsession does not make for a happy life it really doesn't it can be the strongest most compelling thing you ever experience but you are not you when no. when you're feeling that you're no. just a vessel for the, whatever this thing is a conduit yeah. for it and it will yeah. move through you yeah very interesting and I think as well also realizing that that kind of real deep connection is so important but it isn't everything and I think yeah I, I think yeah I in fact think that it's and I'm I'm mm, from a completely different stage mm, of life as you and I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about my past but in some ways I kind of wish I'd gotten on on board the peace train a bit mm. a bit earlier and then sort of you know it's just comfortable it's smooth there's no swings mm. and extremes and I just realized as we were talking about Wuthering Heights I have read it I read it yeah 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 and to me it is I remember such, the ending it's a great great because you know it is so- very readable particularly for yeah literature back yeah, then yeah. it really draws you oh, in quite so what she what she did mm. with that for the times mm. was extraordinary mm. the, the the structure of it the voice the characterization but you know so much um attention is given to this Kathy let's call them Kathy one and Heathcliff you know that generational mm. thing mm. is not the bulk of the book you know mm. then there's like her daughter, his his mm. son, um, and the kind of echoes, yep. generational echoes, and the repeat, the repeating, mm. and that is so thematically so interesting. That is, and I think I think anyone that does, and it's quite interesting because it's not a massive book. You know, it's a saga in terms of story, and yeah. it, it's quite it, the pace is quick, but. Oh, I want to read, have you heard of the Forsyth saga, which is multiple Only, books and it is generational yeah. like that? Only from you and uh, a number of years ago you said, Mum, you should you should do something like the Forsyth saga. Yeah, well, I haven't read it, so I don't know where oh, I was. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I was just, you were, no, I was 16 you were speaking. and telling you how to write books. I know, with great authority. As always. Yeah, but I think that would be another very interesting study of that kind of stuff because at the end of the day, I think we are one of the most compelling and interesting themes in any kind of literature or media or anything like that is yeah. this concept of like history repeating itself because that's essentially what humanity is that's what society is is that kind of cyclical nature of everything repeating itself Um, and so I think we're very drawn to anything that kind of holds a mirror up to that and shows that to us it really feels like it gets to the heart of you know the human condition when it does that yeah I agree oh I agree